Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Oh, I went quiet there. Uh, Here, thanks for blah, blah, blah. You know what? Restart. Nope. Just going with We're it. We're going to go with it. Thanks hey. for tuning in here at Super... Oh, actually, not at Super Talk FM for the time being. We're getting there. Uh, but wherever you're getting podcasts from, we appreciate that. It's always something when, like... I ha- Something I always say in the intro gets changed. I got no shot. I got no shot. <laughs> I hope our sponsors stay with us forever because I'll be still pumping them up for years. <laughs> you know, we could be in the year 2028. Advantage Businesses has gone out of business. They're, everybody retired. They're like, we, we made enough money that you, you through your ad, through our ad with you that we just retired because you brought us so much business in 2021. But you're going to have to But keep- I'll still be saying their ad read. Oh, I forgot. They, they, they doesn't exist. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in at supertalk.fm. Or but they do exist, and you'll hear about them here in just a minute. Very much exist. Supertalk.fm. Or wherever it is you get podcasts Not super from. Talking. We're just going to go with it, Joel. Okay. I want to thank our military listeners for tuning in. We'll try to be calm the rest of the way here. <laughs> I want to thank our sponsors. Strange Brew Coffee House and Turn and Spoon Ice Cream. I, was at, I, found, I had not been to the, uh, the Midtown Strange Brew until uh, Monday. I hadn't been to the Midtown Strange Brew since Sunday. Well, I, I went and saw our good friend Shane Reed there. And he has re-upped with us for another year, so I was glad to see That's that. That's exciting. That is exciting news. Well, I mean, I should have tried to squeeze some more money out of him. Well, I gave him about fifty bucks the other day to contribute. Well, think to about how much fund. you've given him through the years. It's probably oh, I, I probably pay for the his ad here. Yeah, so. like your your sales alone monthly probably covers what the rate. So, yeah. if we could get a Mountain Dew dealership on here, we could probably do the same thing. Maybe you know a, 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 a fanatics. If fanatics were to offer, I mean, it would probably balance out. It really would. So, because I mean, right now half my attire came from literally fanatics. half of your attire came from fanatics. I think I think my shirt did too. So, my Saint shirt that I'm wearing. Strange Brew Coffee House, though. Like I said, I'd never been to the Midtown one. Really nice. It is really it is. nice location there, and that walk-up window. We talked a lot, a little bit about the pandemic and things like this walk-up window. A lot of people told me not a good idea. I said no, let's do it and make it you know something interesting. People walking their dogs and grab a coffee. Lifesaver. It's like, see, I was using that walk-up window before the pandemic. Yeah, since I've used it quite a bit. Yeah, just that's why Shane. That's why Strange Brew. That's why they're the top local businesses. They know how to serve their customers. They take care of their customers in all ways. It's not just about the service you get. Not just about the quality of the drinks. It's just the little things like that. Like I can just walk up there and go get my coffee. I don't have to come inside. And right now, that this time of the world, that's a great thing. So smart marketing. And I want to thank Strange Brew. Always, always glad that they, they've continued. They have been with me basically since the beginning. They were our, the first sponsor that we ever had on the B and B show. And uh, in the beginning, there was Strange. There Brew was Strange Brew Coffee, and, and it was spoon. good. That was, that was a churning <laughs> spoon. Right. And it was good. 
On the first day, Shane rested. <laughs> so he should be rolling in money, all the million-dollar ideas we've given him. All right, let's think uh, College Corner. I, I, I reached. I heard a friend of mine t- send me a text. She, she said, uh, I saw somebody wearing a faded maroon shirt, so faded it was almost pink, and I should have. I wanted to go over there and be like, hey, new year, new gear. <laughs> I say we do it. You see somebody wearing an old, raggedy Mississippi State shirt? Call them out. New year, new gear. Let's do this, and let's get them to College Corner. Two locations in Jackson to serve you. Of course, statewide, nationwide, worldwide with collegecornerstore.com. Quit. Look, it's one thing if you're mowing the lawn, all right? It's another thing if you're you're painting your house, you're cleaning your pipes, your gutters. Sure, wear that raggedy T-shirt. In public? No. Tighten up. Tighten up with, with College Corner. Advantage Business Systems, not out of business. Not in any way, shape, or form. In fact, they're making sure your business doesn't go out of business. That's what they're here for. They're here to provide solutions for you, technology solutions. There is no business today that isn't connected to to technology. Even the most simple mom-and-pop stores have got to have some sort of presence these days on the web, email, something to reach their customers. Advantage Business Systems can help those businesses. So if you own that kind of business or if you need to find out more information, why don't you give them a call and see how they can help you out. Call them at 844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com. You find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. Did you buy any GameStop stock tonight, today? I didn't. you seen this? You uh, need to buy it. Let me tell you why. Have you seen why you need to buy it? Well, it's probably too late now because it shot up, didn't but it? it shot, I'm just saying you need to pull some resources together. Evidently, one of the people who's like backing the short sellers is the, the, the new owner of the Mets. And there's a slight chance he could go bankrupt as a result of this. So you could you could bankrupt one of the Braves' competitors. But I would also be bankrupting the owner of my good friend Jake Mangum. They can trade Mangum. He's an asset. They got to trade him for as an asset at that point. He and Cole go to, go to different franchises. Your your conundrum is over as long as they don't go to the Nats <laughs> or the Phils. I'm just saying. All right, men, the Mets. I mean, it's just—it's like a minuscule chance, but he—he he, evidently he put. I, I don't have—I don't. It's way over my head, right? But his hedge fund backed somebody to the tune of like three billion dollars, and that money—you see the South Park where Stan goes to put the money in his savings account, and it's gone. I've not seen that South. Park, well, it's—it's it's like that. It's like <laughs> here's the money on Friday, on Monday, it's gone. The bank is for paying customers. Please get out. Yeah. You know, you say there's a minuscule chance. He's the owner of the Mets. Yeah. And if there's a, 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 a an ounce of a chance that something bad's going to happen to the Mets, uh-huh. for whatever reason, it does happen to the Mets. Like Tom Ebel is throwing something. He's listening right now. Unbelievable how everything can be messed up. Like you, it is. Speaking of that, did you read this the article from David Ubbin? the top 30 crazy things that have happened to Tennessee in the last decade? <laughs> no, but I want to read you it. You need to read it. It is unbelievable. Like, state fans, you just think you have it bad. There is stuff that's happened to Tennessee that you're just like, th- th- you couldn't put that in a Hollywood movie. Nobody would believe it. Like, they talked about five-star hearts and champions of life and Derek Dooley coaching from a stool and <laughs> the, the, the turnover trash can and all that stuff. It's good stuff. Mississippi State has very much been a better football program the last decade than Tennessee. There is, and it's not even a it's question. not even close. It's not even close. I mean, it's, it's, it's it despite the fact that State lost to them 
last yeah. season. There's no argument to be made, There's though. There's none. State's been to a bowl game every year of the past decade, and Tennessee has not. You know, And have been awful many of those yeah. years. I mean, State... And are about to be awful for another few years. Looks that way. Speaking of State and Tennessee, <laughs> very good segue there. Let's talk basketball. Let's give a shout-out to one of my favorite guys on Twitter here, Brian CTP, because he really nailed it. It's not losing this game in the Alabama game that's the problem. It's the Texas A&M and the Ole Miss games. If you had won those games, people would take these close losses and as say... As positives. As positives. Yep. You're exactly correct. But because you lost those games, and then you lose a game like you lost tonight, people just are getting angry. State loses 56-53. I made the comment on Twitter that I, I couldn't figure out one reason. I was like, I, I don't know if you just pinpoint one reason they lost. And then people started sending me reasons, and I was like, you're sort of proving my point, because I got like 15 different reasons. Yep. Uh, State shoots 33% from the field. Um, they shoot, they miss seven free throws. Uh, they turn the ball over 18 times. Um, they get screwed by the officials. They did. It's just all bad from Michigan and, State. And, and you know, that, that ends up being a big play, too, because... Oh, huge. The, the last offensive possession that State ended up having the ball, they would have been down only three. Right. Like you could have taken a potential game-tying shot there. Yeah. And uh, as it stood, they were down, I think, five. They were down five. And so you, you yeah. take the two, and then Tennessee, of course, throws it down the court, and you don't yeah. get the ball, but whatever. I mean, just such a poor shooting night for State. Molinar had a decent night, 6 of 12 shooting, 16 points for him. Stewart, 11 points, but on 4 of 13 shooting. Nobody else had more than six. Uh, another game for Jalen Johnson, eight minutes for him. JV and Davis. State did something I had not seen them do tonight, so I'll give Howland some credit for trying something different, and it kind of worked uh, in that they realized they had the advantage in the post, no pun intended. They went twin towers a good bit of the first half with a do and Quentin Post. Those two combined for 22 rebounds. State out-rebounded uh, Tennessee, Tennessee by 12. Um, but the poor shooting, I mean... So bad. The two teams combined to go 37 of 106. Yeah. And that's including, as I think the word I used earlier was scintillating, <laughs> 6 of 32 from behind the arc. Just a, this is a, We talk about college basketball not having a, being a good product to watch, yeah. Joel. Here's, here's example A of that. And then, again, State, in the final minutes, had chances to win again. It's, you know, it's, a big- it's just those two games they should have won, yeah. Joel. Yeah, and and on Tuesday night, I mean, they, they had multiple chances to make shots. One stands out to me in particular. Um, State was up, I think, 44-40. And they go down the court, and DJ Stewart took a wide-open three. And if that shot goes in... 44-40. Yeah, 44-40. Yeah. If that shot goes in, it's a seven-point lead yeah. late in the game. Yeah. And you're starting to feel like, they went, gosh, they've got this. Tennessee went and on he a, missed it. State Tennessee went on an 8-1 run after that. Yeah. And to me, for whatever reason, when he missed that shot, mm-hmm. I just felt like I did that, too. That's kind of we were on the same page. Um, and then the, another play that that stood out to me was uh, Tolu Smith gets the ball just outside the paint. Still time on the shot clock to reset things. Instead, he just crashes yep. into the play, paint and takes an offensive foul. I mean, he's he's 15 feet from the bucket. What did he think was going to happen there? Tennessee guy just slides in front. It's a it's a charge. That's just not a smart play by Tolu Smith, who had a really bad game. Fouled out, five points. All of his points came off the free throw line. He was five of six from the line. Only good, you know, good free throw night for him, but zero of three from the field. He couldn't get the ball. He couldn't shoot. Only six rebounds for him. 
we're at the point now where with every game we got to look at the big picture, aren't we? Yes, one hundred percent. You have to look at the big picture. One hundred percent. And the the big picture is technically <laughs> this team has is on par with on tra- on 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 a course with or could even be better than preseason expectations were. The problem is they showed you that they were better than that, and now they've reverted back to. The, the, they sort of regress to the mean. <laughs> in some ways, this team either needed to beat A&M and Ole Miss mm-hmm. or needed to lose to Missouri and Florida. Yes. <laughs> it's the so, same thing as football, right? It's the same thing. You know, State beating LSU set the expectations that, okay, they're going to be really good, and then, then they aren't. Like, what they beat LSU, and it's the same thing here. And, I mean, and Kentucky continues to lose game, so... Yeah, but, they, but if they hadn't beaten Missouri... And Florida, and they were just one and eight at this point, or whatever it is. I think they're they're four and five. Yeah, you just be like, oh, they stink. <laughs> they stink. Yeah, but they did beat Missouri and Florida, and Georgia on the road. And so you think, I know this team is better than this, but they they you know. And again, we said maybe they played over their heads in those two games. Yeah, and they're playing. This is what played they are. under. Yeah. Well, what we remember? Think about what we said five games ago. We said okay. They have this three-game stretch, and then they go to Alabama and Tennessee. If they can go two and one, even two, just winning one of those games, Joel, you could have even blown the Ole Miss game had you just beaten Texas A&M. Yeah, but losing both those games was an absolute killer for this. For the not only for this season, but for just nobody wants to deal with this program right now. Fans are just they're angry, apathetic. They're they're like. I want to. That's the, the the vibe I get is like I want to cheer for this team. I want to be involved with Mississippi State basketball, but this team makes it impossible to do so. Do you get that vibe, boy? What are your mentions like right now? Oh, I mean they're not good. After every game, you know, you, you post. I post things. You know, I always try to post Ben Howland's post game um, press conference pretty quickly after the game, and then. A recap later, but a lot of times the comments to some of those like, "Who cares? I don't want to watch that." You know, like, yeah. <laughs> I get it. I, I get the frustration that, that people have, and it goes back to what we were talking about the other day, looking at the big picture. I mean, the the decision that Mississippi State and Cohen and company have moving forward here is just: Do you feel like the program is headed in the right direction or not? I mean, the bottom line—that's the question. Mm. Regardless of record or who you beat and how how it happened. You have to look at the end of your crystal ball, I guess, mm-hmm. and say, is the program headed in the right direction or is it standing still or heading backwards? Right. And I don't and, know. And it, and it really, a couple weeks ago, I really felt like, I mean, young team, they're mm-hmm. playing above their heads. Before they lost A&M and Ole Miss. Yeah. Simple as that. But I, I don't know, again, I mean, may, maybe. Maybe they were were playing above their heads earlier, and and you're seeing signs of of strides being made. I mean, they they did play well against Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were in the game at least against Tennessee. I won't say they played well, but they had a chance to win the game. I I don't know, man. There's such an argument to be made either direction with this. If you want to, you know, if we came into the studio here and you said, "All right, Joel, today we're going to do a show on why Mississippi State needs to." keep riding it out with Ben Howland. I think we could do that and make a fantastic show out of it. Mm-hmm. I think if you came in and said, uh, things aren't headed in the right direction, let's let's do a show on 
why Mississippi State might want to consider its options. I think we could do a show on that too. Like either way you want to go with it, you have evidence. Right. All around. Saturday, Mississippi State plays Iowa State in the big SEC Big Twelve Challenge. Iowa State is two and eight. They are zero and six in conference play. Their two wins are against SWAC teams, Arkansas Pine Bluff and Jackson State, who they only beat by seventeen and fifteen. And I think Mississippi State beat Jackson State by by a larger margin, shall we say? Um, now you got me wondering something. I want to know what their net ranking is. Here, I'm, Iowa I'm State. Going to look. You got it. I'm, well, I don't have it. I'm going to look. Let's see who gets there first. That's probably going to be me. It can't be good. I wouldn't think. We're going to find out right here. I'm scrolling through. I haven't seen them yet. It is Iowa State. They are number 207 in the net. Joel, they have to win this game. And it could fall by between then and now yeah, I don't if they know. have a game. I don't up, know if they, they play if Iowa State. Let me see their schedule here. Um, They play – yeah, they do. No, that game has been postponed. Okay. Wait a minute. Oh, they had a bunch of games postponed. Never mind. Uh, Yeah, they, they do not play again. They lost Monday night to Oklahoma State by 21. Would you care to venture a guess who is dead last in the net rankings at 347? It's probably somebody like Mississippi Valley. It's exactly who it is. It's Mississippi Valley. <laughs> I, I remember when State played them, they were dead last in the Ken Palm. So it's probably not a, a stretch. That was not a good basketball team. Old Lindsey Hunter <laughs> got his work cut out for him. State has to win this game. I'm not saying people are going to just bounce back onto the, the bus or anything, but if you lose this game to this team, well, what are you doing at that point? What are you doing? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, before we get off basketball, I got a, I got a little rant here. What is the name of the channel that that the game was on tonight? I believe it was the SEC Network, and I think SEC stands for Southeastern Conference. Correct, correct. And so it, it would lead you to believe that the SEC has an ownership stake. I would say that they probably they contributed probably, some funds. They 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 have some control over the programming. Yeah. So then, why in the name of God are we doing a Zoom call? with Greg Sankey to ask him about media days moving that nobody cared about and all this other stuff in the middle of the game. You can have that interview with him. Halftime. Li- literally any other time. You can put him on Feinbaum. He'll, what is Feinbaum going to say? No, I don't want the SEC commissioner on my show today. No, I'd rather have, you know, John Talty. No offense, Talty. <laughs> but I mean... What are we doing here? This is a game. Now, look, it's already bad enough that Hart and Jimmy Dykes aren't at the game. They're just sitting there calling it from their basement. And Tom Hart had the audacity. I like Tom Hart. Don't get me wrong. But had the audacity to say, from my vantage point, it looked like it was off on a do. I'm like, from your vantage point? You're sitting at home just like I am, Tom Hart? (laughs) What do you mean your vantage point? You act like you're sitting in front of the, the, the court. <laughs> Your vantage point. Let's not forget we get shirtless Jimmy Dykes on the broadcast, too. Oh, my God. And then he was shoeless tonight, too. I don't know if you, you heard that part. <laughs> He's sitting there talking about not wearing shoes. I'm like, where are you from? Who raised you? You know, put on a suit for five minutes of your life. But 
This really did. This game had the, all the makings of. You know how we do our Zoom press conferences yeah. and we show up and we're all wearing our yeah. T-shirts or hoodies or whatever. This we've is got. different. These guys are on national. <laughs> These guys are on national TV, but it kind of had that feel of oh, we got a basketball game to but, broadcast. But yeah, but then to have this interview, I thought was pointless. Like you didn't cover anything that anybody really. Cared. They talked about the SEC tournament, and it was all a bunch of it's Sankey. What's he going to say? Is he going to give you something there? No. He's like, well, we're evaluating all the options. Of course you are. If you don't have news to break, what are you doing here? Imagine that if he would have broken that he had canceled the SEC Yeah, he's tournament like, yeah, we're not going to have it. In we're, the middle or, of the or, game. Or even if it's just been like, we're going to do a bubble. We're going to have the teams come in all at the same time <coughs> and lock everything down. Fine. I don't care. But have, it's just disrespectful. To Tennessee fans and Mississippi State fans who are trying to watch their teams play. And I don't know how many of them there were, but that's the other thing. How many eyes did you really get on that? Did Kentucky fans learn anything there? They weren't watching that game. Their team was playing on ESPN. And I, you darn sure weren't going to have a Zoom call in the middle of that game. Yeah, yeah, Zoom call in the middle of Alabama-Kentucky. No, of course not. So it's just Basketball doesn't lend itself for that. You know, like baseball, you have guys that, that come sit. Yeah, you can do that kind yeah. of stuff. And guys sit in a booth and you have a conversation. That's and fine. you can pause. You know, you hear the, the clink. Yeah. You can pause. Okay, let's, let's call the action and then we come back to the conversation. Basketball, you can't do that. You can't. It's just dumb. It's just a dumb move by the SEC. They know better. From my vantage point, that was a dumb idea. Well, I, I will praise Greg Sankey. For, I mean, thank thank you, Greg Sankey, for getting a football season off the ground and all yeah. that whole nine yards and keeping us employed. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that's what we're doing. Oh, I got nothing against but, Sankey. Well, what I was going to say, though, is if you're Greg Sankey there, I think you kind of have to have a little bit of, let's do this during halftime, boys. We have a game in our league. Yeah, somebody has to. Like, has somebody's got to stand up. Where's, where, what does Richard Cross say all the time? The hand raise guy? Yeah. Where is he? You know who that should have been? Our boy Chuck Dunlap. Raise your hand and say, uh, let's do this at halftime. But let Peter Burns run this one. Because this is the game. This is what people are tuned in to watch the game. Well, Chuck's a football guy. Isn't it? Does, it doesn't yeah. matter. Somebody. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Craig Pinkerton, then. I don't care. Somebody. <laughs> I am excited about media days. Being back at Hoover. On Tap Sports Pub for the win. Can't wait. Like I said on, on the show, going to Gabriel's, I've never been so more excited to just reek of cigarettes in my life. <laughs> I don't smoke, but I'm gonna. I, you come out of that place, you think you you twenty packs a day. The Marlboro man walking out of there. All righty then. Let's move on over to another topic. Again, we're gonna try to be calm here. Now, our good friends are at Welcome Home Beef. If you haven't bought their Valentine's Day Valentine's Day pack, well, what are you waiting on? Five seafood stuffed mushrooms, two steaks of your choice, two uh, sides of mashed potatoes and asparagus. And then five pieces of chocolate-covered bacon. Or as I like to call it, sweet, salty love. So why haven't you called them already? It's only 70 bucks for all that. That's a, Think about if you went to a restaurant. You okay over there? No, I'm not. Joel's, Joel's having some issues. Just think about it, if you... <laughs> Man, I wish we had a live stream. Oh. Joel almost bought it right there. Oh, now, look, I, I fell out of the chair once, but I'm as fat as the day is long. You're supposed to be in shape over there. And it wasn't on air. When it no, it wasn't on air. He just about fell out of his chair there. But I was going to say, like, if you go to a nice restaurant, right, two steaks, an appetizer, two sides, and dessert, that's a lot more than $70. Yeah. A lot more. No doubt. So, and then, and I can't guarantee the steak at that restaurant is as good as the steak you can get at Well, I mean, I, I think we can say this here. Mm-hmm. Our, uh, Pick'em contest. We went and got 
Each got a steak. Got the appetizer. Each got appetizer. Got side. Got, got, it was more than 70 bucks. Yeah. And we didn't get dessert. And we didn't get dessert. So I'm just saying. I mean, you got 70 bucks, and you still could get a nice bottle of wine. I mean, I'm just saying. So call them today. And then, hey, if, you're, if you don't have a Valentine, well, then you just eat all that yourself. <laughs> eat your feelings. That's the way to go. So call them today at 662-268-8148. Or visit the bowl line at welcomehomebeef.com for deals that will knock you out of your chair. <laughs> <laughs> and remember... When it's welcome home beef, one thing is for sure. It just tastes good. So I want to talk a little recruiting here. Joel can stay seated while we're doing this. I don't know why I'm making fun of you. Like I said, it happened to me too. Here's why you know why I'm making fun of you? Because it's it's you know, me falling out of the chair, I'm like the fat, clumsy, fat, funny guy, right? You are you know, you're in shape. It shouldn't have happened. That's to you. debatable. Eh. I used to be until a pandemic came. Anyhow. Talk recruiting. Uh, so Mississippi State, uh, about to put the finishing touches. We are, you know, as you're listening here, one week away from signing day. Uh, saw today that Rivals did its final update of players. Uh, I saw that John, uh, If you uh, obviously with Rivals, I don't look at the Mississippi State Rivals site because what are we doing here? But that obviously bumped some composite scores. And then tomorrow is supposed to be the final uh, ratings bump for everybody on 24-7. What that means from an MSU perspective is, on top of the players that are currently signed and committed, uh, and then Jay Hampton is signed, but he has no rating whatsoever. He will get a rating uh, tomorrow. And then Ty Cooper and C.J. Johnson, the two big Mississippi prospects left for Mississippi State, will probably each get a bump. I would expect Cooper, I mean, he was the 6A player of the year, right? Or 5A? What is what is Louisville? Louisville. Uh, I want to say they're 5A. Who won 6A this year? It's Oak Grove, right? I didn't cover high school sports this year. That's right, you didn't. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't know. Yeah, where's Robbie Falk when I need him? Um, anyway, he had a big year. He's Mister Football, All State. I expect him to go up. He's like an eighty-four. Makes sense to be eighty-seven, eighty-eight on twenty-four-seven. And then C.J. Johnson got like the the default rating. He got like the eighty-two. They there are some that expect him to make a big jump. Eighty-eight, eighty-nine. I will probably I, I would imagine probably eighty six eighty seven. Yeah, if they can get both of those guys, and then they have one more slot available, which is going to go to the uh, the running back contrarian. Contrarian? Am I saying it right? I feel like I'm saying contrarian. Katarian. Katarian. There we, we you go. St- we struggle with some names on this show. What does the Rock say? Katarian Hargrove. I I, th- I don't think it can be a top twenty five class unless. Cooper and Johnson both get massive bumps, and State gets them both. I feel like Cooper is finally – it's finally going to happen, and he's going to be a Mississippi State Bulldog. Johnson, hey, man, I, I can't fault the kid who's talking about going to Northwestern. Louisville's 4A, by the way. They're 4A. Are they really? How did they yeah. move up this past year? Well, I, I forgot. I think they may have been in 3A there for a, a year or so. No. And then, the, and then bumped up. Yeah, because wow. I, I think – I, I want to say like Choctaw County. And then I feel have... really bad for the teams in 3A if Louisville was there. Sort of like Taylorsville dropping down to uh, to one A this year. That's going to be. A I think I'm right bath. about that. I may be wrong, but I, I anyway, they were four A this year. I guarantee somebody's going to tweet us and explain the whole situation to us. Anywho, all that changes so much. It's kind of tough to. Keep it does up change. With. I mean, because all you got to do is lose 15, 20 students, and if you were close, yeah, you're, you're down. Like Choctaw County's dropping back down to two A. Yeah. So, 
but what I wanted to talk about with recruiting is, and you tell me if you disagree, that you know, two years ago with Mullen, I guess I shouldn't say two years ago, but you know, typically under Mullen, finishing out the class was, hey, let's go take a look at who South Alabama and Texas State have committed, and maybe we can switch, flip some of those guys. Last year was a little different, obviously, with, with Moorhead. He had basically the full class in December, and then he wasn't here for the the the, uh, the final signing day. And so I, I I never felt like Leach and them were scrambling. I mean, who do they add at the end? KJ Costello, Rufus Harvey, who was a guy that everybody wanted to see in maroon and white. Yep. But this year, you know, there's still some holes to fill. But the guys they are offering, and the guy, a guy like Katarian Hargrove. At the last minute here, it's something Dan Mullen could never... And I'm not saying that Leach is going to have the same success as Dan Mullen. But I'm telling you that no, there is no chance on earth a late four-star just pops up on MSU's radar in 2016-2017. Oh, no. You, you were just... You were just pulling guys, yeah. like you like you mentioned earlier. Um, it, the guys that this staff seems to be getting here at the end are guys that, I mean, you realistically could see as contributors, perhaps big-time contributors in the years to come, and they're almost, I mean, they're guys that were on no one's radar a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, Hargrove, first time he was on anybody's radar was when he got the offer, and then all of a sudden everybody's... Last Saturday. Yeah, like it? everybody's crystal balling him to stay on 24-7. Like two Saturdays ago, something like that. I, yeah. I mean... I remember he, I was just sitting there, uh, what was I watching? I was watching the NFL playoffs, and I look at Twitter, and I see some articles like, who? Who is this kid? And I look like, wait, he's rated What? And it just caught me by surprise. C.J. Johnson. You know, it feels like he could be a Bulldog, but they don't know for sure. But, like, the guys they're recruiting behind him, I know Shikari Denson is one. There's another kid who just popped up today. Yeah. But these are kids who have Power 5 offers. These are not kids who are just like, hey, who does, who does you know, we got this kid, we're flipping him from Georgia State. This Shikari Denson was committed to Michigan State. So... Is it? I guess the, the the big question is this: Did we underestimate this staff as recruiters? Because that was the talk coming in, like, hey, you know, the scheme's going to be good, and they've always done better, done more with less. But you know, recruiting's not their strong suit. In a year where the in-state crop, and I, some people call it an excuse, but it is what it is. The in-state crop was bad this year, and you know, state's not always going to get those guys. They didn't get the top four. But even if they had, it's not. I mean, Deion Smith would, and Brevard would have been good players to have, I guess. Alt Meyer, State got a better quarterback than him. Uh, Kadarius Callaway, they would have liked to have had him, no question about that. But by and large, I think the recruiting job this, this, this staff did in year one, in a pandemic where they couldn't go out and visit high schools, and they could, and I know that nobody else could go visit high schools. I get that. But Alabama, LSU, those staffs were in place. And Orgeron and Saban, they knew the guy. They didn't. They didn't have to come to the high schools. Leach, I mean, he needs to get out. You know, his staff needs to get out and meet people. And they can't do it right now. I think this 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 recruiting class is pretty darn solid. Oh, I do too. I do too. the The only the only black eyes on it are the MJ Daniels flip, which we've right. already discussed. Right. You've kind of made up for that. Yeah. I'm gonna laugh really, really hard. If C.J. Johnson gets rated ahead of M.J. Daniels and then State gets him, I will laugh. There will be some some laughter. Yeah, I should say you're trying to to make up for that. And right. I guess getting the getting get, green get, is getting a green good, a big in, piece yeah. of it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I go back to what we said a, a day or two ago. I mean, 
you know, Strong is the one that really stands out as the sore, mm-hmm. the sore spot right now. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see if that ends up being a huge hole for State in the future. But right. But I don't think you can complain at all what this class is going to end no, up being. No, I don't, I don't think so either. I mean... And then next year, the, the, it, we're back to normal in the state. You've got, you know, a, a better group of guys. Uh, right, like right now, I think there are six four stars now. As but there are six four stars in the state for 2021. Here at the end of the cycle, for 2022, you've already got six, which means when they they do evaluations and you know, assuming camps can happen and things of that nature, you end up with like ten to twelve probably. And state's in a good spot with a bunch of them: Kamari Rogers, Xavier uh, Harris, um, Branson Robinson. Uh, there's a couple others. Like I, I, off the top of my head, I can't get to them. So I feel, you know, and, and Leach talked about, think about day one for Leach. What did he said? He's like, you know, the caliber of athlete within this, the recruiting footprint of Mississippi State is different than anyone I ever had. And I know what you're thinking. Well, he was at Texas Tech. Yeah, but the 500 miles of either direction of Lubbock, <laughs> it's not like you're 500 miles from Dallas. Yeah. You know, and Houston. You're out there, you're closer to New Mexico and, than anything else. Whereas here, you know, five hours here, that's Atlanta. And, you know, that's the Florida panhandle, things like that. So I'm impressed. Yeah. I, I do wonder what this staff can do when, you know, all the barriers yeah. are broken down yeah. and they can get back to regular recruiting. Because I kind of think that this area is a little bit tailor made for Leach and the staff's recruiting style. Mm-hmm. Because Leach is very much a work life balance type coach mm-hmm. in that. You know, you, you talk to any of his assistants, and they'll tell you. I mean, one of the reasons they like working for Mike Leach is they get to have a little bit of a life on the side too. You know, it's not just football, twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week. Um, I mean, he allows you to have some some moments, you know, with your family and, and things. Um, you know, up at Washington State, you're going to have to hop on a plane a lot and go see these recruits and stuff. And mm-hmm. here in the good old state of Mississippi, a lot of times you can just drive down to Louisville. Or, you know, you can <laughs> drive, drive you know, somewhere within a couple hours of, of Starkville and go see a guy and get home. I, I, I do wonder if if this area is a little more tailor-made. His style. And, then, and then, shoot, we've seen with this last class, I mean, he can pull a lot of folks just straight out of Texas. Yeah. Um, I, I expect Texas to be a place State is able to recruit going forward with this staff. Oh, I do too. But at the end of the day, Mike Leach's name still commands a ton of respect. Not that it doesn't command respect elsewhere, especially with quarterbacks and receivers. But, hey, what does Texas produce a ton of? Every year in Texas, there's going to be a quarterback that can run this offense. Every year in Texas, there's going to be a couple of receivers that are perfect for what you want to do in this offense. And then, you know, this state produces a lot of good linemen, produces good running backs, and, you know, and then you just go find pieces where as you can. So... You, know, you you recruit LSU, you recruit Louisiana. I know what happened with Malik Dabers, but LSU can't get everybody. You know, and so there's a ton of players in that talent in that tier that's right below what LSU was looking at. There's a ton of guys there for you. Yeah. Um, same with Alabama. Auburn and Alabama don't get them all. You know, and you, you find players there. Like I said, Florida. You know, there are spots. State recruited Florida pretty well this year. So we'll see where it takes us. All right. One last thing before we go, and neither Joel nor I knew this man. But former uh, MSU beat writer and uh, now with NBA, uh, for now an M- or formerly an NBA beat writer now, uh, Siku Smith passed away on Tuesday. And the reason I want to talk about him on the show here, Joel, and you know this is, he was the beat writer for MSU at basically sort of the, one of the pinnacles of MSU athletics. 
yeah. the SEC championship game in the 99 football season. Uh, those two back-to-back College World Series appearances. I'm pretty sure he was the beat writer for the Final Four. Um, you know, that was back when, and no offense to, to Tyler or, or anybody else who's held that job, but he was the only beat writer State fans ever really liked, like while he was on the job. Yeah, and it also probably, you know, not that he was not really good at his job, because he was. Well, he had the, the, it was before the internet was really exploding. That's and back you, when you, you, you went spent, to the paper. You went and got your news you got from the, the Clarion, Clarion Ledger. Ledger. You bought the Clarion Ledger Absolutely. every morning. You put 50 cents in the machine. But aside from that, he was really good at what he did. Well, he was, I mean, obviously, because his, his career just skyrocketed. Yeah. He, was on, he was on NBA TV. And if you, if you – I know you, a lot of y'all aren't NBA fans, but obviously I am. So I follow a lot of NBA Twitter, and the testimonials were just pouring in for him, what a great person he was. Former coaches, players, all saying the same thing about Seku Smith. So a really good guy. Uh, COVID related, just another you know senseless death from this this horrible disease. Uh, so if you knew him, I know Paul Jones said that he, they had been, they were close friends. Uh, obviously, a tough day for you, yep. uh, but you know I, I, he's a, a guy that you know he told the story of Mississippi State yep. at a time when a like you said that was the place to go get it, and b when things were about as good as they ever have been. So, yep. And I think I saw too. Uh, I didn't get a chance to read it because it was as I was sitting here and we were doing the show. Mm. Uh, I think Adam Silver, uh, the made NBA commissioner, made a statement. Wow. On the on a guy from the media. Yeah. That tells you a lot. Tells you what kind of person. I mean, you, he you was, don't clearly. see you don't see that much no. where where you have the commissioner of the league no. issuing a statement. But I believe that he did for Siku. John Cohen will issue one when I pass. I'm like, thank God. <laughs> Finally, get that guy out of here. So, all right. Oh no, but no. Uh, yeah, friends, so, family, obviously in, a, in our prayers and stuff. Tough, tough time, but yeah, dude, sure made an impact in these parts. Obviously, evidently made an impact everywhere he went. So, a good man, and uh, we'll we'll miss him. All right, back tomorrow. Rumblings, Joel, go ahead and fire off that tweet. Uh, we'll get the rumblings taken care of. Plus, we will have a segment on tomorrow's show. They are announcing the full schedules tomorrow. We already know the dates for all the non-conference games for the 2021 football season. Tomorrow we will know the conference date, so we will be able to put the 2021 season uh, into perspective uh, for uh, on tomorrow's uh, Thunder and Lightning. Until then, for Joel T. Coleman, Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi yeah! media production.